Hello again, and welcome back to Kitchen Table Theology. I'm your host, Tiffany Coker, and with Pastor Jeff Cranston, we're on a quest to learn what the Bible teaches about theological topics that many Christians find challenging, confusing, and out of their reach. And we're always aiming to do this in a way that applies to the lives we lead. We do this because we agree with what Dustin Benji says, any theology that doesn't lead to knowing, loving, and enjoying God isn't a theology worth having. All theology should lead us to doxology. We want to help you be strong in your faith doctrinally, knowledgeable in and of the word theologically, and grow in your love for Jesus and others exponentially. Before we dive into today's podcast episode, we want to thank you, our listeners, for leaving us ratings and reviews. We really are grateful for each one because that is what helps us get the word out to more and more people about Kitchen Table Theology. We love reading the reviews and we are so encouraged by your comments. We're also very grateful for our partnership with Columbia International University. For 100 years, CIU has educated people from a biblical worldview to impact the nations with the message of Christ. They offer undergraduate, graduate, and seminary programs on campus and via convenient online programs designed for working adults. You can check it all out at ciu.edu. In today's episode, we continue our overview of the Bible with Pastor Jeff giving us a look at the book of Exodus, some basic information about the book, the main characters, as well as a few theological themes we can find in Exodus. Be sure to check out the show notes as we will be sharing several scripture references today. Thanks for joining us at the table. And yes, hello again, Kitchen Table Theologians. Thanks so much for joining us. And today we continue on in our Bible overview series, and we're going to be looking at the Old Testament book of Exodus. I love the book of Exodus, and it really does remind me a lot of Genesis, which we talked about on a previous podcast. It's a pretty lengthy book. I read through it not that long ago. Pretty lengthy book. Lots of different characters in it, some really incredible stories, just really so much in the book of Exodus. So, Dad, how about today you begin with a brief overview? What do we see when we first come to this book? Yeah, it is. It's an incredible book. And we find in Exodus, God rescues uh, the Israelites from Egypt, and he establishes this really special bond with them. And as far as the stories go, you mentioned incredible stories. You've got the 10 plagues. You've got the first Passover. You read about the parting of the Red Sea. And of course, in Exodus 20, the 10 commandments, all those things are found in Exodus, which is the second book of the Pentateuch, which by now we know are the first five books of the Old Testament, the books of Moses. Furthermore, the nation of Israel's mass exodus from Egypt gave rise to the title of this book. That's where the word Exodus comes from because they, they, they had a mass Exodus out of Egypt, but that's only beginning of the, of the tale. This book follows Israel as it leaves Egypt and then they enter the desert and they, as a nation really begin to specifically identify with God as opposed to the idols of Egypt and the idols of the surrounding nations. And some of that was, and always did creep into Israel, but they're, they're really now identifying with Yahweh, with God. And so God first outlines his expectations for the Israelites in this book. And these expectations are known as the 10 commandments. So 
they weren't real. I guess that was a bad word choice. They weren't expectations. They are commandments. Mm -hmm. And the majority of the Old Testament is concerned with how Israel complies with or falls short of the Ten Commandments. So I think this is really important for us to understand. If you want to understand any other book of the Old Testament, you really do need a basic understanding of what happens in the book of Exodus. So if this is a pretty foundational book, we better understand Mm -hmm. it if we're going to understand the rest of the Old Testament and the introduction of those Ten Commandments. And as you said, really how Israel is always falling short of those demands is ultimately going to lead for our need for our Savior. So we really have to really understand Exodus. All right, good to know. Who wrote Exodus? Can you tell us about who wrote the book and when was it written? Well, the entire Torah or the Pentateuch or the first five books of the Old Testament, was they were very meticulously and purposefully written. The, the book of Exodus is generally regarded as having been written by Moses. And this was because Exodus is part of the Torah, which the Torah is also known as the law of Moses. And since Moses is the main human character in these books, and since Moses is the one who receives instructions from God, the books, including Exodus, are typically attributed to him. We also have the testimony of the the rest of the Old Testament and the New Testament to support Moses being the author countless times in the Old Testament The Pentateuch is referred to as the Book of Moses or the Law of Moses or something similar. So the uniform voice of the Old Testament associates the Law, the Pentateuch, with Moses. The unanimous understanding of the other authors of Scripture and the early Jews, not to mention the early church, was that Moses wrote the Pentateuch. Okay, you mentioned that we have the New Testament for support to back up the claim that Moses wrote this. So where in the New Testament do we see that? Yeah, the New Testament does affirm Moses' authorship. In in Mark 12, 19, we read of a Sadducee, that a Sadducee was a religious ruler, and he starts a conversation with Jesus by saying this, Teacher, Moses wrote for us that if a man's brother dies and leaves a wife, et cetera, et cetera, and he goes on with his story. So here, that Sadducee is referring to a law in Deuteronomy 25.5, and he says, Moses wrote for us. So he's acknowledging Moses at least wrote Deuteronomy. Jesus' response then includes a sentence, have you not read in the book of Moses, in the passage about the book, uh, I'm sorry, in the passage about the bush, and this is in Mark chapter 12. So what Jesus said there is a clear reference to the book of Exodus. And Jesus said, he he calls Exodus the book of Moses. So in this one passage from Mark, both Exodus and Deuteronomy are attributed to a mosaic authorship or origin. And perhaps one of the strongest statements in the New Testament comes right from the mouth of Jesus in John 5, 46 through 47. So Tiff, would you read those two verses for us, please? Sure. Here it is from John chapter five. For if you believed Moses, you would believe me, for he wrote of me. But if you do not believe his writings, how will you believe my words? So it it really doesn't get much clearer than that. You know, you, you note there how Jesus plainly assumed Mosaic authorship. And I would argue that 
Jesus is referring to Moses's authorship of the entire Pentateuch for over and over again. In the New Testament, the Pentateuch as a whole is sometimes is referred to simply as Moses. Luke, Luke 24, 27, Luke 24, 44 is there really good examples of this. Kitchen Table Theologian, if you want to dive a little bit deeper on that. All right, we're going to trust that Moses is the author of the book of Exodus. When was the book of Exodus written? Well, before we get off of him being the author, real quick, let me add there are some verses that Moses obviously could not have written. And this is these come into play when people say, well, Moses couldn't have written it. For example, Deuteronomy 34, 7 says, Moses was 120 years old when he died. His eye was undimmed and his vigor unabated. So I think it's safe to say Moses didn't write that verse in particular. (laughs) I think it is safe to say that. So then who might have written that part of it? Well, someone obviously came along and, and edited some of these books later, perhaps Joshua, perhaps David, perhaps Ezra. But they were, they were edited or added under the inspiration divinely of the Holy Spirit. We, we can still attribute these books to Moses, generally speaking, in the same way. For example, we might contribute a movie to a certain director that has its special effects later touched up by another person many decades later. Uh, they, oh. They've been touched up or added to a little bit, but it, it doesn't change who the director of the movie was. And the same, I think, applies to all the books of Moses. So there, you see a few verses throughout those that Moses obviously could not have written, but they were, they were just added in. And they're very, very brief after he passed away. Okay, thanks for that clarification. Back to the date of Exodus. About when oh, yeah. was this book written? I kind of forgot you, you'd asked about that. <laughs> uh, the date. Most, most conservative biblical scholars believe it was written between 1440 and 1400 B.C. 1440 to 1400 B.C. There are, as you read through the book, there are, uh, there's a number of specific dates and years given in the book. So we can really come to a very good idea of the date that it was written within right, as we 400 men- years. <laughs> there you go. As we mentioned earlier, this really is a lengthy book, which probably mm. means there are a lot of characters that we need to know who were introduced to or continued on from Genesis in the book of Exodus. So let's think in terms of getting an overview of this book. Who are the most important characters that we need to know about? Well, you're right. and But Exodus, as you read through it, it, it has a fairly tight cast of important characters to keep an eye on. And while there are many people referenced, there are just a handful, really, of main characters. So first off, just like in Genesis, I think we have to acknowledge, first and foremost, God, or his name Yahweh to the Israelites, that the creator of heaven and earth, a divine being who chooses the nation of Israel to represent him on earth. And God goes to war against the gods of Egypt. And as you read on, he frees Israel from the tyranny that they were under Egyptian rule. And then God makes a pact with this new nation. And while the rest of the nations serve lesser gods, false gods, Yahweh selects the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob 
as the people group that will serve him and him alone. So you've got, you've got God, then you've got Moses, the greatest of all the Old Testament prophets. And Moses serves as a go-between for God and the other people in the book of Exodus. Moses negotiates with Pharaoh for Israel's freedom. He passes God's laws on to the people of Israel. And he even pleads to God for mercy on Israel's behalf when they mess up and they anger God. All right, so God, Moses, who else do we need to know about? We should know about Aaron. Aaron was Moses' brother and right-hand man. He assisted Moses as a spokesman to the nation of Israel. Uh, And eventually he made it to becoming the high priest of the nation of Israel. Moses was uh, very well-spoken and it's led some people as they'd studied the life of Moses to think that Moses maybe stuttered in his speech. And I've often jokingly said through the years that when God called Moses to be his spokesperson to the nation of Israel, that Moses' response was, here am I, send Aaron. Because Moses <laughs> just thought Aaron would have done such a better job than he did. But Aaron was his right-hand man, so he's a key character. And then Pharaoh. Pharaoh's the chief antagonist throughout the whole Exodus story, and he's, he's obviously the leader of, of Egypt, and Pharaoh enslaved the people of Israel. Pharaoh committed genocide, he, and he was generally just a nasty piece of work. Pharaoh was worshipped as part of the Egyptian pantheon of gods, a lesser god certainly, but he was laying some sort of illegitimate claim to God's people, like, I'm enslaving them. They're part of my kingdom. God should know they're part of my kingdom. God defeats Pharaoh and all the gods of Egypt by sending that series of 10 very devastating plagues. And then he finally destroyed Pharaoh's army in the Red Sea. All right. So with all of that in mind, maybe you could tell us what are some of the key theological themes that we find in Exodus. This is, after all, kitchen table theology. (laughs) Yeah, that's a great point. I probably should have done better with the theology part in the last two podcasts, but I'll try to do better moving on. I I think there's some tremendous theological themes in this book, and we can start with the doctrine of redemption. Redemption is hard to miss as you read through the book of Exodus. The entire book is about God hearing Israel's cries for help, rescuing them from their oppressors and making them his own. So you've got the the theological doctrine of redemption. Secondly, there's the theme of covenant. Like, Like the rest of the Torah, covenant is a big theme here. God makes this solemn binding agreement with the people of Israel. He establishes himself as their God. He establishes them as his people. And this relationship comes with certain expectations with benefits for the Israelites if they uphold their end of the agreement and there are consequences if if they don't. But all of that solemn binding agreement is referred to as a covenant. So we have the theology of of covenant there as well. Okay. So we have the themes of redemption and covenant. What else? Are there any other themes, theological themes that we need to know from Exodus? I'll just give two two more real quickly. And this is one of those great theological words 
omnipresence. We, we see God's omnipresence here. Uh, toward the beginning of the book, the cries of Israel rise up to God. He hears them. He recalls his promises to Abraham all the way back in Genesis. And in the middle of the book, God meets Israel in the wilderness. He, he is high atop a mountain and they are on the plain below. God is closer to the people, but still physically distanced from them uh, as we understand physical distance. However, by the end of the book, God's glorious presence is dwelling in the middle of Israel's camp in the wilderness. Moses believed that it was God's presence among the people that set Israel apart from every other nation in the world. And so we see through the book, God is always with them. God is everywhere. And that's what God's omnipresence uh, means. And then finally, there's the law. That's going to be throughout all five books of the Pentateuch. And the law, if you think about it, is related to the theme of covenant, specifically the expectations God has for his people. From chapter 20 onward, chapter 20 is where we see the Ten Commandments. From that point forward, we start seeing more and more directives for the people on, look, you're my people, I'm your God. This is then how you are to live. Theologically, the law has many ramifications for God's people, but eventually it all culminates in the coming of Christ, the Messiah, who, according to his own words, came to fulfill and not to abolish the law. And even in that, we see the doctrine of redemption. I love that image of God's presence dwelling in the middle of the camp as Israel is traveling through the wilderness. So Kitchen Table Theologian, if you need a deeper dive into the omnipresence of God, uh, you can go back and listen. We did a whole podcast episode just on that one. It is episode number 20. So you can go back and uh, listen to that one. All right. We need to wrap it up here. As we leave today's podcast, is there anything else you want to tell us? Well, just a a couple, just some lessons that we can learn from the book of Exodus. And they're, they're not related, but they're all related, if that makes any sense. See, maybe you think, see what I mean by that. First lesson, we are to trust in the Lord, for he can deliver us from anything. And as you read through this story, you see that very thing happening. As the people trusted in God, God delivered them. Uh, we also see God not allowing sin to go unpunished forever. That's a key lesson from the book. Uh, you know, and because of those two things, our trust, his deliverance, sin must be reckoned with. As a result of all that, we can trust him in his retribution and in his justice. He will be fair. He will be equitable. He will be just. Another lesson I think Exodus teaches us is that when God removes us from a bad situation, we should not seek to go back to that situation. And that's so true in our lives. And then lastly, when God makes demands of us, he expects us to comply. But at the same time, he provides grace and mercy because he knows that on our own, we will not be able to fully obey. And you see that in this book as well. But God provides the help and the aid for us to do what he calls us to do. Now, this incredible book ends with the glory of the Lord filling the tabernacle. So they, in the very latter part of Exodus, they, they, they erect a tabernacle 
and God's glory fills it. And we leave the book with God's presence dwelling among his chosen people, Israel. However, we discover a problem or a challenge, and it's this. How will the people live in the presence of such a holy and powerful God? And that's what the next book of the Pentateuch, Leviticus, is all about. And Lord willing, we we will learn more about the book of Leviticus in a soon-to-come podcast episode. Thanks so much for listening to the Kitchen Table Theology Podcast with Pastor Jeff Cranston. If you are enjoying this podcast, would you consider leaving a rating or review on iTunes? We really appreciate your help in getting the word out. Also, be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or whatever is your favorite podcasting app so that you can continue this journey with us as we learn about and apply God's word to our lives. Don't forget, check out today's episode notes and more at jeffcranston.com. You can also email us anytime at pastorjeff at lowcountrycc.org. As always, thanks are due to our friends at Lowcountry Community Church here in Bluffton, South Carolina, for making this podcast possible. Join us next week as we will be back with another great episode and a guest, Aaron Pickering. Aaron has been on staff here at LCC for over eight years and is currently our adult ministries director. She has a Bachelor of Arts degree in communications and political science from Georgetown College, as well as a Master of Arts in Worship and Master of Divinity from Liberty Theological Seminary. Several months ago, Pastor Jeff preached a sermon series on the end times entitled, Is This the End? in which he taught what the Bible says about the end times, if we're there yet, and how we can live without worry in a very fearful world. And let me tell you, we got a lot of questions about it. If you've been with us here a while on Kitchen Table Theology, you may remember also that Pastor Jeff did an eschatology podcast series. That was episodes 87 through 99. But we have something more for you. Pastor Jeff and Aaron sat down and answered all of the questions submitted during the series regarding the end times. We will be sharing those with you over the next three podcasts. So until next time, always remember that the real power of theology is not only knowing it, but applying it. Thanks for joining us at the table. 